Hi, everyone. I'm Jason Ballara, and this is the Know Your Why podcast. Today, I'm here with Melina Regos, founder of Unhustle. She's a rebel entrepreneur on a mission to inspire 100 million people to change the way they work, live, and play. Um, sort of the, the anti-burnout hustle culture. So um, I'm really excited, uh, as I was saying before we started recording, um, I'm excited to see, uh, have you convinced me that <laughs> the, the other side of this. But uh, first of all, thank you so much for coming on the show. I, I really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me, Jason. Yeah, absolutely. Well, would you go ahead and start by, you know, sort of telling us a bit about yourself, your background, and kind of what got you to this point, and then we'll, we'll go into, you know, dive into whatever topics seem uh, it, where it takes us. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm originally from Bulgaria, and I came to the States um, in pursuit of the American dream. Chased a, a marketing career, have an MBA in international marketing in San Diego, which strangely led me to Lake Tahoe because I'm a skier <laughs> as a kid. And so I ended up in the mountains, um, spent 25 years in Lake Tahoe with a, a different variety of different marketing jobs, primarily in digital marketing. I, I, I became a, an early adopter of online marketing in 96, 97 when people still didn't know what Google is and Facebook didn't exist, yeah. leave alone TikTok. Um, I worked for a media company in these early days, then uh, was a marketing director for Ski Resort for 10 years. And then when this when social media really took off, I said, okay, well, I wanna start my own agency. I have that entrepreneurial spirit in me. And so I started my own digital marketing agency, which, which was doing great and I was doing what I love. And, um, I realized also that thanks to technology and social media, I was spending more and more time online in front of some kind of screen, which eventually I noticed that it started to frazzle my attention, started to disrupt my sleep. I started to, you know, be constantly working, putting in 18 hour days, following Gary Vee to the teeth. So um, constantly producing content and, and all of it, just like hustle is the most important word ever, says Gary Vee. Well, I know what it did to me. Uh, I know what it did to my health, my mental health, um, my relationships and, and all these sacrifices that I was putting forward in order to pursue some version of success, which in my eyes, coming from a scarcity background was, was realistically speaking, a lot of abundance in the way of material wealth, right? So seeing what it's doing to me and not, having taken a vacation in three years, but still being the entrepreneur determined to make it successful. And, and I ended up working with some celebrities like Madonna and Steve Nash and, and the Ritz. And, and on the outside, everything was great. On the inside, I was pretty empty and, and uh, miserable and burnout. So um, I we came to this place here that um, changed my life. You know, we came for a 10 day digital detox trip and it, I changed my life around and went in the absolute opposite direction because I realized that hustle is the worst possible advice that can be given to entrepreneurs or to people in general. Um, and now with the pandemic, um, it's kind of interesting to see how millions of people are waking up to this um, uh, opportunity and reawakening of changing their relationship with work and pursuing more of, of, of what they value and more of a purposeful and meaningful life. So it's been interesting to see it in action. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, certainly the pandemic has changed the way that everybody sort of approaches work, whether that's just a work from home experience or even with so many people that have uh, left you know, left jobs, whether it was voluntarily or, or you know, sort of a forced exit because of layoffs and haven't gone back. So I, I think that that's, um, 
you know, kind of a, a huge shift in the workforce. M maybe you, I, I, I'm a big fan of Gary V too. I know, and, and I, you know, I sort of am a fan of, of hustle to an extent, and I know that it can be also detrimental. So maybe start by just telling us what your, how you define that. What, what does that look like to you? And then, and then we can kind of go, okay, how do we go anti? Yeah, I, I'm not in love with the word hustle in, in general. And if you look at the history of where it comes from, you would understand why. But hard work, the fact that you need to work to achieve something in life is like at the moment, right? And I mean, obviously you need to do that. And, and I'm a firm believer that hard work is very beneficial to living a meaningful and, and rich life. Um, and so I'm not against um, the, the notion of working. I'm against the notion of hustle culture. And by that, um, I mean, defining that you have to push yourself to the max at every single minute and exerting yourself to the max in order to to pursue some kind of definition of, of success which in reality we know that it's not um actually the end goal in in all of this so there's a, a a point of redefining success in all of this and then there's a point of how you go about it and then when i started going down the research of well wait a minute is this really true like you said i want you, i want to i want to see if you can i can convince you is it really true that when you're not working you are, are not just relaxing and resting, but also is it beneficial to your brain, to your creativity, to your, to your productivity? And there's so many studies and research pointing in the direction that well-being and flow and creativity and insights and aha moments, all these things that we as entrepreneurs need to thrive long-term to create that sustainable, relaxed success, are in these moments, not necessarily when you're staring at the screen, but also we need the right amount of time away from the screen, whether you're exercising, meditating, just doing nothing, right? So we've just, we've gone away from that notion, that code of productivity, because we feel guilty if we're not productive, whether it's based on societal norms or what we've been telling ourselves or coming from the industrial age or coming from, you know, capitalism or whatever you want to call it, we're in this mindset that that's what we have to do, right? And stepping, taking a step back, kind of slowing down to speed up is what I'm trying to inspire people to do. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it makes total sense. And, and I mean, I, I say you have to convince me otherwise, but be, I think more it's just, I, I want to kind of define or define and, and, and maybe sort of give tips and and, tools for for reaching that space right because 100% yeah. agree you can't you can't just work <laughs> non-stop every day for like that's that's not eventually anti-productive right eventually you're just too tired right. and too too burnt out to really be to be your best self and so with that in mind what, you know what kind of tools tips tricks whatever it is what do you, what do you sort of suggest people do to come out of that hustle culture to come out of that, you know, sort of workaholic mode. And, and, you know, maybe, uh, I don't know if, if you're, you're talking about work life balance, although, you know, sometimes people say that that's a mislabel. Um, but what, what are your thoughts on, on how to combat that mentality? Yeah. So um, I am reframing the language around work life balance, and I'm calling it life work play design. 
because I'm realizing, and that's what that's what a lot of people in the Great Resignation realize too. That it's it's first, it's about creating the life that you want to have with the experiences that you want to have with the feelings that you want to have on a day-to-day basis and then figuring out how to fit your work into your life and making time to play now while these three three important you know when i take people to the unhustle framework there's like seven different areas that i normally see somebody needing to focus their attention on and the areas are unlearn and relearn so that's basically um, the mindset of understanding why we're addicted to, to productivity. Why do we have this, this code to business and, and badge of honor? Um, and what is that doing to us? And where is it coming from? I'm thinking it's basically a way to say, and I was just working on that today for my book, but there's like the, the times that you find insights in are, are literally the times that you are taking away away time from work so it, and it's all science-based um, all kinds of studies show that when you show up in a good mood you're more more um, predispositioned to to have more aha moments when you take time off when you take time to be alone with your thoughts when you go for a walk or, or exercise and you and you you're spending more time in your body basically we're way into our heads and it we need to spend more time in our bodies and when you find time for um, for meditation, you know, 10, 15 minutes. So all of these things tell you that incorporating regular breaks throughout your workday is going to be more beneficial to be able to solve complex decision, you know, complex um, problems, or you'll have more high moments, right? Which is what all entrepreneurs need to to begin with. Unplugging is another area that, you know, with technology overload, information overload, we're just, our brains are scrambled. So taking time away from technology, whether that's a day or a night or an hour, um, just gives you time to kind of settle down that anxiety and overwhelm that we all experience and um, lead some of the, some of it leads to burnout. Unwinding is focusing on your well-being, which again, all the studies and, and Science show how your mental health, your well-being, physical, emotional, lead to high performance, right? Within hustle, a lot of people understand that it's about resting and relaxing, but few people understand that unhustling puts you in a state of high performance. And so if we're talking about how do we want to do less but achieve more, unhustle becomes the answer. And um Unbusying yourself as entrepreneurs, we spend far too much time chasing shiny objects as opposed to simplifying and focusing on what really matters, right? So, so it, it, but you have to take time. You have to actually take time away from your busy day to strategize and say, these are the things I'm going to be focusing on. This is what makes sense, you know, the 80-20 rule and, and ignoring everything else. We're just far too obsessed with, with chasing some kind of shiny object. And the ultimate is unleashing uh, your human potential. And that, that's my training in Human Potential Institute. It's like, how do you optimize your potential and your performance so that you can realistically be a high performer and, and live from an optimal state as opposed to just uh, hustling all the time? So these are like the seven areas that I coach people on, and I'm happy to go into any one of them. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, that all, you know, really makes sense. And I think maybe just backing up to where you talked about, you know, sort of that in reframing the, the definition of work-life balance, I, I think, would you say that the general 
culture, the general like thought process is job comes first and everything else gets built in around that. And what you're suggesting is kind of the exact opposite, build, build your life and, and fit your job into that framework that you want to create for your life, right? That's, that's kind of yeah. ultimately the idea is, is getting, not, not having work be the, the number one priority, which, which is hard for a lot of people to do because you have, aside from like <laughs> centuries of ingrained uh, societal pressure that you, you need, you know, you need to work to be productive and, and you, you know, first question people ask you is what do you do for a living? You know, that's, that's a, <laughs> like, not like how, how are you? In America, you know? in America, not in any other country, you know, in America okay. we do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And Europe is considered rude. If you just meet somebody on the street and you ask them, what do you do for a living? They look at you like, why are you asking me that? It's such a strange question. We haven't even said hello yet. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, so yeah, maybe, maybe it's more of an American thing, but it, it's, it's certainly what, at least what I see as, as the norm, right? In a lot of mm -hmm. industries, a lot of career paths, it's like, what do I have to do to get ahead? Work more. And, and, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, so it's a hard mentality to break. So when you're coaching people on this, you know, kind of, where do you start with that? What's your, what's your kind of beginning step to get someone to kind of shift that? Cause that's a, that's a big mindset shift. So where do you start? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's when, when you have that mindset um, and it's really easy to fall into that. Let me just say that, right. It's really easy because everybody around you is doing it. Our society has been doing it for years. Everybody on, in, on media, well, things are starting to change in media, but um, we're basically equating your work with self-worth, right? Mm -hmm. And so without your work, you're no one. I mean, your work becomes your identity and that's why we ask ourselves, we ask each other, you know, what do you do for a living? I used to be the worst at that. I mean, that would be like the number, what's your name? And then the second thing is like, what do, I, what do you do for a living? Because it yeah. gave me a common ground to, to, to have a conversation after that, right? Um, I've shifted my my mindset around this to try to first understand who the human is yeah. behind the name, and a job or, or or a business is one part of this human, right? But in reality, there is a lot all these other elements of of the human behind it, and that's where equating your self worth with your net worth or equating your self worth with your work gets us in trouble now i have nothing against making money making a lot of money uh, i think it provides you lifestyle it gives you the freedom it gives you the experiences you can buy i think there are all these great things that money affords you to do right and i think it's important that we should all strive to be successful whatever success means to you we get into trouble when we necessarily think that when you make X amount of money, you're going to be successful, which we know. Can we agree that we know that's not the case? Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's pretty, <laughs> pretty apparent. Okay. Whether you set that number ahead of time or, or not, it, it, there's two, there's two components, right? It, it, money's not the only key to success. You can be fabulously rich and have no friends or no relationships and things like right. that. But also okay. people set that, they set that mark. When I get to X amount of dollars, that'll be enough. But that, that X keeps moving away. Right, that right. You, you get that you know sort of lifestyle creep. So Pete, that X moves from you. So yeah, I, I don't think I, I I can absolutely agree that's not you right. know, some some magical number is not the key to success. 
Now, what makes people happy? Let's look at the science again, right? Because I don't want to talk just about what I think, but let's look at the science. The longest Harvard study in the world, 80, going on 80 years long, um, has determined that the number one factor that makes people happy is relationships. Yeah. What's the first thing to go when you're focused on work? It's relationships. Yeah, sure. Um, and if we want to talk about health, you know, without wealth, without health, you don't really have wealth, right? So, and then well-being leads to performance, leads to more creativity. So all these things point to the fact that you need a 360 degree life with rich experiences, which makes you a better entrepreneur, makes you a better employee, makes you more successful at what you do because your brain, the way you, your brain works, when you start pulling different, um, different ideas from different fields, different ideas from, you know, more high moments from being outside, more um, creativity from being in your body, you're gonna be more successful and, and, and more efficient at what you do without having to work all these long hours. When we, um, there was a study that, sh that shows that we're only productive three to five hours um, a day, right? Because we've changed the way we work. Work longer to get ahead goes back to, to the factory setting when, when you had to put in X amount of hours and you were getting paid by the hour. We're not there anymore, right? We're using our brains our, with, as knowledge workers. We're using our brains, our creativity, our focus in order to get things done. So it's a different type of environment that we, we live in. We just haven't wrapped our heads around it. We're still going off of on 200 years old, outdated norms for working and for considering how to get ahead. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I personally think that the, the time clock, the time clock uh, work mantra is, is the worst possible. Like, trying to fill a set amount of time with work is the worst possible way to motivate people to be productive at their jobs. I, you could possibly imagine. like, what if you told everybody, here's the amount of work that has to be done. When you're done, you're, you go home. But I bet you exactly. the, the days are half as long. Days are half, there's so much time right. wasted in the work environment that is, is productive to no one. So it's like, yeah, you, you can, you can, if it if it wasn't on a you know per hour basis so often you could you could really change that I mean it's a hard thing to do but but I think with this a lot of the people working from home now that's becoming more of a, a thing I think people at home it's like you know I get I get my work done I'm being productive my boss is happy it doesn't matter yeah. that I sit at the desk from eight to five and you know with my one hour lunch break it's like you can take little breaks to exercise, take a little break to meditate, whatever, whatever it is to help that, as you're saying, like help you have those aha moments and be more, be more, you know, mindful of what you're doing. Yeah. And think, and think why we're doing this, right? There's fear, fear from a, a supervisor um, perspective. Um, there's fear from a personal perspective and we're measuring productivity based on hours because it's the it's how we've always done it, instead of based on output. So there's a, a management um, problem there. Uh, look at all the companies and even countries that are going on a four-day work week. They're all showing better, for lack of a better term, work-life balance, better, better well-being, less stress, less burnout, more productivity, and working one day less. 
Um, there was just a, a study that just got published a couple of days ago that that you can increase productivity to by 70% if you let people do the work they have to do without meetings. Yeah. We just, we spent far too much time in meetings. We spent yeah. far too much time in our inboxes, right? And we spent far too much time doing busy work. I think it's like something like 42% of our days is spending busy work, not necessarily the work that actually moves our businesses forward. So, all, but all of these things, you know, to figure out what's the work that needs to get done versus what's the work that actually has an impact. This takes time to be strategic and time to think deep and, and time to do some deep work, not just all that hustle 24 seven. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I, playing a little bit of devil's advocate here, if you were, so what would you say to, there's a lot of, I don't know, look at them as, as mentors, maybe not mentors, not the right word, but, but high achievers that are, are well-known, like people like Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, you look in the sports world, you have the Michael Jordans, Kobe Bryant, Tom Brady, like th their whole, at least what gets portrayed is their sort of maniacal work ethic, right? And so people see that and they think, okay, well, th if that's what it takes to be at the, you know, the very top of, of whatever, you know, your, your profession, your industry, your, your, your sport is, what do you, what would you say to that? What's kind of the, the, I guess, saying, saying that that's not the right way to go. What, what would you say to that, you know, that argument about those high achievers? I'm not saying it's not the right way to go. So Elon, let's start with Elon Musk. Elon Musk is, we know he's, he's been known to say, you know, if you want to change the world, you need to work more than 40 hours a week, right? He's got, I don't know how many companies he's, you know, sending people, you know, wants to live on Mars right. um, and he's running, you know, billion, billion dollar companies. He also has really big purpose and his work is his play. Yep. Two very big factors in being able to sustain that amount of effort. He's also very well materially rewarded for, for his efforts. He's also divorced um, and has very little time to spend with his kids, but uh, not everybody has that mentality. So um, bottom line is not everyone has that material, motivation or that kind of big purpose to change the world as he does. A lot of people are, are perfectly happy with having a little bit more intentional, slower life and don't necessarily need to put people on Mars. There's a difference between hustling and mastery, right? I mean, if you want to be good at what you do and you do it for the joy of doing it without that final outcome, then you're pursuing mastery. And, and I think that's a very big differentiating factor in, in amount of hours you put into something you have to practice and you have to, to put the work in, in order to achieve that kind of mastery. Um, and, I, and I have nothing against that. Again, we get into trouble is when all you do is doing just that one activity, you know, with anything, right? Um, work addiction can be equated to exercise addiction. Exercise is really good for you, right? We all know exercise is good for you, but too much exercise ends up going against you, right? It's the yeah. same thing with work. So um, when you look at all of these 
we call them famous or popular people who have achieved success, right? Um, what I say to people is first, how do you define success? Is it about fame? Is it about popularity? Is it about money? Is it about having the freedom or the lifestyle or the experiences that you want to have? There was a, a recent, again, study in the World Economic Forum that um, talk, talked about the third dimension of how to create um, a happy life. And it was a different level, a different take on it. it instead of chasing happiness or purpose, um, the study suggested that creating unique experiences uh, give you a, a different perspective and, and keep keep your life more interesting. So if you want to chase unique experiences, then you're probably not going to be in some kind of a company at 120 hours a week, right? So it, all of this conversation starts with how do we, how do you really find success for yourself? Because it's not a one size fits all for anybody and everybody's going to have a different version of what success looks like. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I think obviously not the majority of people are not going to be Elon Musk, Michael Jordan. That, that's just not, that, that's not in the cards for most people. But also I think what you, you mentioned being, you know, sort of a, a purpose-driven or a passion, you know, ha, it, people that, that achieve that level do seem to, it, it means it's not just a job anymore, right? At that point, it's, it's truly, you know, Elon Musk wants to change the world, right? I don't know that you change the world with athletics, but you, you maybe they change the game, uh, some, some of these, you know, high achievers. And so I think it, it's, it becomes less of a hustle culture if you're just passionate and you're enjoying what you're doing. And likely some of those other components still are going to, to suffer, you know, you, you know, I, I, but take a look at, let's take a look at high performance, performance athletes, mm -hmm. right? They are very well aware that training in order to go to the high to, to, to the next level yep. um it requires time off it requires rest it requires recovery right yep. um so there's times to push forward and i and i'm saying the exact same thing about the way we work we can do focus sprints we can push our brains to a certain level after that we need time to rest and recover it's the exact same thing as high performing athletes we just haven't gotten into the the, the awareness of that, because we think we can keep pushing and keep pushing, keep checking emails and keep checking to-do lists, right. when in reality, we're getting away from what we really, what, what are the most important projects that we need to be working on, which is where we're the most afraid of to go, which is more of a mindset game as opposed to a time game, right? Yeah. So if, we, if you look at high performance, they like to spend time in flow, they, you know, they chase that flow being in the zone. Right, but a flow cycle has has four different stages, and rest and recovery is a very important part of the flow mm -hmm. cycle. We are all burned out, or most of us, seventy seven percent, are burned out because of not following that that cycle, not taking the time for rest and recovery, dealing with you know too much uh, work, unreasonable expectations. Um, lack of communication, lack of cl clarity in goals, all of these factors that contribute to burnout. So we just we have it backwards. Yeah, no, we it's need a great more time point. for living. Yeah, it's it's a great point, and I think that the the rest portion of it is is when we talk about these high performance athletes, they're not 
you know, what, what you see in the media is like, look, look at this workout they're doing. It's a mate, you know, this guy keeps what they, what they don't put in the media usually is yeah. Also they sleep 12 hours a night and they have a chef that, that you know, has a, a perfectly designed diet and they have two hours of massage in the training room. Like they don't, that stuff, that recovery portion of it isn't necessarily as fun to <laughs> put out there as just watching them, you know, shoot the basketball a thousand times or, you know, throw, throw pass after pass after whatever it is, you know, it, and so it, it, it is probably a, a, a you know, a f to our fault that we don't, we, we romanticize the side of it that just looks like hustle, right? Like it's just falling into that culture and we aren't romanticizing this a part of it that, that, Hey, these guys really have to rest and recover to be able to function at this high level. It, it's, you can't, you can't, you can't be on, four or five hours of sleep a night every night and still function at your best in, in each of the games. It just, it wouldn't work. So I, I think that's a, a really great point in terms of, you know, from the athlete perspective that, that it's, it's not that you don't, you're, you're not saying we never push ourselves. You are saying there's a, there has to be a completeness to, to all of it as, as far as what, what hustle actually looks like. And, it, and it, mm -hmm. what's, what's getting left out of the normal, you know, day-to-day, -day, like normal people is the rest part of it. Like that, that recovery, the, the, you know, kind of just taking a step back for yourself. Yeah. I mean, there's so, I can keep, keep giving you examples. There was a one study done that uh, tracked executives who don't take a vacation versus people who take a vacation. Turned out that people who take a vacation were uh, promoted more than the people who don't take a vacation. So there's, you know, there's very little correlation between, um, there was another study done by a Stanford professor basically that showed productivity. You can, you know, from his perspective, productivity, you can push your brain to about 49 hours a week. After that productivity starts to, to decline, after 64 hours a week, it just drops off a cliff, right? So there's a difference between wanting to be busy for, for busyness sake or for the fact that busy equals success, which is not true or accurate because we know a lot of people who are really busy but not successful. Um, and there's a difference between actually doing something meaningful and impactful and, and putting yourself in a state of high performance and, and tapping into your full potential, which means being able to manage your emotions, being able to you know have self-awareness, being able to tap into your creativity more, being able to differentiate your business based on who you are and what your superpowers are, as opposed to trying to compete in the sea of sameness, which was my background in marketing. And I've seen way too many people trying to compete on the on the features, right? Better and faster and stronger. And, and in reality, that's not going to move your business forward. You're just going to compete for forever. Um, and that's, that's a never-ending never treadmill. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you, I think, you know, I don't know if any, anyone like uh, Elon or, or Tom Brady or Michael Jordan listen to this podcast, but the, I, I doubt it. But the, the point being, what, what would you say like for sort of regular entrepreneurial people or, you know, people looking to get ahead in the, uh, in their jobs, where would you, where would you tell them to start? I mean, what, you know, if, if, if you're in that, on that sort of treadmill of, of just, you know, work, 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 work. How do you, how do you help them get off? How do you, you know, sort of lead them to, to, you know, sort of a better balance? Yeah. I mean, identifying your values is a really good exercise to do. 
so that you get a little more aware of who you really are and what, what brings you joy. What are the things that uh, help you get into that flow? Um, having Doing something that, that is purposeful is, is also um, something like, to your point, knowing your why, you know, doing something that has purpose behind it. Purpose has been linked to, to well-being. Purpose has been linked to, to motivation, to, to grit. So your passion leads to purpose. Purpose leads to flow. So all these things are, are really linked. And then taking some time in the morning, you know, my slow is going to be your fast, your fast is going to be my slow. So everybody's tempo is going to be different, but everybody needs a little bit of um, slower time, intentional time. And so I have these unhustled morning rituals that I tap into on a, on a day-to-day basis and I mix and match depending on my energy. But bottom line is we, you know, we, we, we have to deal with our mindset. We have to deal with, with what's going on in our heads. And so things like, I call it the sunrise method. So S stands for sleep and it also stands for sunrise in the morning. So that's, uh, that's you know, getting sun on your face and um, helps you with sleep at night. And a lot of us struggle with sleep, with anxiety, with overwhelm at night. So that's been a helpful ritual. Uh, U stands for um, unplugged, you know, in the morning, take a little bit of time to identify your priorities and your um, intentions for the day before you check emails and calendars because other people's agendas are going to become yours um, and stands for a little bit of time in nature you know combining a little bit of mindfulness, mindfulness practice and gratitude again science-based um, practices to put you in a better mood which leads to better heart moments and uh, more calm more focused throughout the day um, R stands for reading and writing for people who are into the creative area, things like journaling or, or could be a mindfulness practice or just reading and writing something, not the news, to just get inspired, put you in a, put you in a better mood. I stands for setting your intentions and I try to do no more than three a day. We're like worst estimators of how much time things take and we leave our most important project till the end of the day. So moving this around to the beginning of the day has been really game changing for me. And then um, S stands for a little bit of uh, stillness. So that's your meditation or maybe you're drinking your coffee, take five minutes, just a way to kind of check in with yourself, with your body, with like what do you need for, for that day from an energy perspective. Um, and E stands for energy. So if you're doing a bulletproof coffee or cold shower, some movement practice in the morning to kind of get your mind and body moving when you do all of these things you 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 feel a lot more aligned you feel a lot more energized you feel a lot more focused and then with the clarity of what really needs to get done you can overcome procrastination and, and um, stalling and uh, you know delaying things so it's really simple practices that we've gone away from because of our hectic lifestyles right we have the tendency in our phones and technology and everything, but it's really going back to being human and checking in with yourself and saying, you know, it, it's the journey, right? It's not the outcome at the end of the day. And you end up being successful because of what you do on a day-to-day basis. So in reality, it comes down to mindset, habits, actions, results, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that, you know, you know, sunrise mentality. And I think, I mean, ultimately, it comes down to, to if, if you want to get off that treadmill, right, there's it's, it's self-awareness and intentionality of, of 
okay, th this is what I want. This is what I want out of life. And then putting steps into place to, to make those things happen really. And, and having, you know, starting your day that way will really help you get started. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned that just having your three, three in intentional things you're going to do that day and putting the most important one of the day. A lot of people say, I'm not a morning person, but I think well, you're not a morning person if you don't let yourself be a morning person. Like it, it, if you start your morning this way, then you can, you know, be, be productive and, and kind of get your, get the hard stuff done. And then, and then the rest of your day, you know, looks a lot brighter from there. If you, if you don't have that, you know, really daunting task kind of looming, <laughs> looming to the end of the day. Well, let's talk about the morning person too, because I'm definitely not a 5 a.m. morning club person yeah. either. Um, I think working with your biology instead of against it is very important, especially as entrepreneurs, especially people working from home. And what I mean by that is knowing your chronotype. So not everybody's going to be a morning person, but um, do you know what the chronotype is? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... So knowing your chronotype, you know, the free test you can take online to, to determine your chronotype, but you could be a night out, right? And you could be more, most creative at midnight. So just use that to your advantage instead of trying to fit into some mode of, of you know, having to work from nine to six, right? I'm a, I'm a bear um, based on the, on the chronotype quiz that I took. And so I know that I'm kind of about 50% of people fall into that spectrum. And so, you, you know, when you do your, creative work when you do your your respond to emails and stuff is going to be so creative work would be like mid-morning you know 11 ish i used to do a, a workout like an hour long workout at 6 a.m in the morning and be completely depleted you know for the rest of the day so i've turned this around and now i just work on my book in the morning leave my workouts for later in the day um so there's just a a, a difference of how you um, about how you know your body and how you work with your energy that that leads to higher focus, higher performance. So we all know we have to eat well and, and exercise, but how many of us do it, right? So it then comes down to consistency. The intention is there, but the consistency of how often you do it leads to the, to, to the better actions and the better results. And, and that's kind of how you create new habits. Um, I don't know if you've read James Clear, you know, Atomic, Atomic Habits. habits. Just um, yeah, just, just finished that like two weeks ago. I love that book. I mean, the one thing I, uh, I walked away from him uh, with that is that you need to change your identity to change your habits. So if we mm -hmm. keep telling ourselves that we're in that hustle mindset and you have to hustle all the time in order to be creative, in order to, to be successful, that's going to lead you down that path of having to do more all the time. And, and doing is, is one part of the cycle. You know, we also need time to think, time to rest, time to, time to create. So, so when we change our identity and our definition of success around that, uh, we can actually start to change our habits, knowing the science and the research behind and understanding that it's actually beneficial to your brain, to your productivity, to creativity has been helpful to me anyway, to rephrase that. It's not just about doing nothing because that was really hard for me as an overachiever, type A perform, you know, top performer. I was like, I can't just sit around and do nothing. Still struggle with it till this day, right? Knowing that it's actually beneficial helps me shift my mindset around it. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. Uh, I, I I struggle with with sitting still. That's not my. <laughs> yeah, we all do because we were just raised yeah. <laughs> that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, but I think 
you know, what, what you're saying is, and the, you know, that sort of, I, I think when I'm saying morning person, I, I think, I guess I'm not saying it necessarily matters the time of day that that is. I'm not saying everybody needs to get up at five in the morning or whatever. I like what you said, the way you sort of phrase that is that you have to figure out in that day, what, what do you do at those certain times? Like in, instead of just saying in the morning, I do nothing because I'm not a morning person, maybe in the morning, that's when you're journaling or you're, you're, right. you know, doing your meditation or whatever it is that, that actually energizes you for the day and figuring that out rather than just saying, I don't, I don't do anything for the first, you know, segment of my day because I'm not that person. I think, yeah, I mean, there's lots of people that are, that are, uh, you know, more productive, more energized in the evening. And, and that's, that's great. I, I think it's knowing how that works for you. And as you mentioned, not trying to squeeze a, a specific work hours into, or squeeze yourself into those specific work hour structure. You know, as we said before, instead of leading with work, lead with your life and then bring work into that in a way that, that makes sense for you. I, I think it's a it's great, great sort of outlook and, and way to way to function. Yeah, I mean, if you think about what most entrepreneurs struggle with is is stepping into the unknown for the most part. I mean, I'd love to see what you 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 have a, a podcast on mindset, right? So from my experience of working with people, it, it's it's low self-esteem, it's lack of confidence, you know, same as lack of confidence. Um, fear, right, is a big one. What are you seeing when you talk to people? Well, the funny, the funny thing about that is I have a, pine, uh, a podcast that has a lot of, on mindset because it was a very, I was very afraid of starting a podcast. Like being, mm -hmm. being on camera, top, just people listening to my voice. It's still, I don't listen, I don't listen or watch the podcast myself. It's, it still kind of stresses me out. Even, you know, in, in these zoom things, I'm like, I look over, I'm like, there I am. But so it's, a, it was something that, yeah, that it was something that for me was, was, was extremely uncomfortable. And I do, I believe in, you know, sort of pushing myself into uncomfortable situations. If I feel like it's something I can be passionate about, because I love the conversations. Right, because mm -hmm. it wouldn't be scary for me to sit down and talk to you about this stuff, like off a camera, you know that kind mm -hmm. of thing. I, I I love it, but yeah, I think you know a lot of the a lot of the mindset stuff we that ends up sort of being a reoccurring theme is getting uh, getting comfortable being uncomfortable, mm -hmm. and I think you know there there is a lot of you know sort of that hustle culture mixed into all of this. I, I think mm -hmm. it's hard to get away from it. I, I think what you're saying is 100% true in that it's not, it's, it's, it's there's got to be some, there's got to be some balance to life. And so it, so it, it can't be that way all the time. Balance is fine, but let me just address this one point it, it, because you just hit it on the head. We don't want to go into where we're uncomfortable. So we would rather busy ourselves with other mm -hmm. things which make us feel good, that we're productive, which makes us work longer hours, which, and it's, it's this vicious cycle. And so we feel good about being busy and checking out the to-do list, but in reality, we're not addressing the one thing that either will take us to the next level, will grow our business, will you know, we'll, we'll make us uncomfortable, we'll, we'll get more investors in, we'll, all the things that 
in reality would help us grow the business are the ones that put us in an uncomfortable state. So how do you deal with the uncomfortable state is by, by being in your body, by scanning your body, by recognizing where it is, by sitting with the emotion, by understanding what the emotion is telling you, by, by falling in love with the fear and, and by understanding that it, fear is normal and it's there to, to tell you something. And for some reason, we've been you know, trained that we need to overcome fear. We need to, you know, bypass fear. And in reality, it's there for a reason, right? It's just another emotion. But we try to to bypass it by by staying busy. So, if you go into the direction of the uncomfortable, from a position of of presence, and um, and a growth mindset, then you're going to grow your business a lot faster. Yeah, hundred percent agree. I, th I think it's, uh, th that's a really much more eloquent way to put it than I, than I ever have been able to describe. I think it's just, you're, you have to be, you have to be, you have to be present. You have to be able to kind of make that, make that decision that, you know, okay, I'm the, the fear is there, but it's it's probably telling me something. Use it to your using it using it to your advantage, I guess is probably what I'm trying to say. But yeah. And there's very little difference between fear and excitement in how you shows up in the body, just to take yeah. it a step further for people. Because that it was very interesting for me to to realize that fear and excitement show up in your body the exact same way. So you can trick your body, your, your brain into thinking that fear is actually excitement. So for example, you with your podcast, you said, you know, there was fear about starting them, but maybe it was excitement that you're going to do something yeah. that's completely different than you. Or you can reframe it that way and, and trick your brain into thinking you're excited about it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it, I think that's a great point. And I think they mix, right? Because I, I was excited about starting it. I, and I, I am like, I, I'm still excited. We're, we're nearly a hundred episodes in and I'm like, I still love this. I think it's these conversations, especially stuff like this, that it's just like, this, this is the way to, to help. This will help other entrepreneurs, you know, sort of be more productive by taking out the busy work. You know, you said, you said it's, it's easy to, it, it's easy to fill up space getting things done, checking things off the list and feeling like you're accomplishing something. But what in fact you're doing is avoiding the big things that you really need to do. And so I, I think that's a, that's a really great point that uh, I, I know I do it. I know, I know it's like, oh, I should do this thing, but look, I have 50 emails that I are mm -hmm. left unanswered. And it's like, I would be better off probably just deleting all 50 emails <laughs> and sitting down right. and doing, you know, some, 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 big thing to push the business forward. So I think it's a thing to always keep in your mind. Am I, am I really being productive or am I just being busy? But let's, let's go a little bit deeper into why we do this from a, from a, um, what's happening in our brains, right? So it's, it's the short dopamine hits that we get by checking off an email or responding to person that is waiting for you to respond to an email because it's somebody from your tribe and you don't want to left, you know, left them um waiting um so there's a lot of actual um going back to to thousands of years ago as to why we do what we do with answering emails and, and responding to people yeah. all the time and um the long the, the the big hard projects 
are long dopamine hits. So for example, me working on a book, um, the fact that I wrote, you know, 2000 words today means nothing. I don't have any likes, comments, shares, you know, <laughs> that you get from social media, unless I go ahead and share some of this, right? Um, and so from that perspective, understanding what's going on in your brain, knowing that long-term dopamine hits versus short-term dopamine hits from a neuroscience perspective, you're going to lean normally. The tendency will be to go into the short-term dopamine hits. So that's time on social media, time in your inbox, you know, talking to people, all these things that at the end of the day, are they really adding that much value to your business or are you just being busy? 100% agree. I, I, 100% and, I, and it, it is very easy to just be busy because it, it, it does yeah, give you- Yeah, because there's always going to be work. Right, there's always to something to do, right? It's not, I, I, don't, I don't, this is not to suggest that anyone's making up stuff to do necessarily. It's just that you're maybe not prioritizing where the where the big impact items are and you're like well i can check off all these emails i can you know whatever it is whatever learn know. some new skill i mean how many courses have you signed up for and right. how yeah. many times have you gone down somebody else's content instead of producing your own content right i mean that's yeah. that's i see that a big tendency with, with entrepreneurs so we're constantly like oh well, somebody's selling me a course and that's guaranteed to help me do X. And so you end up learning something, you're not necessarily implementing it instead of doing what you want to do, right? So if you're yeah. constantly consuming content, yeah, that's busy. Yeah, you're learning, but is it helping your business forward or not? Right, right. yeah. Consuming other people's content doesn't doesn't create anything for you. So it, it's just, it, for sure, it's, it's a very easy cycle to get into. And so I, I love this, uh, love this sort of bringing this to light because I think it's, it's, I do it. I think a lot of people do it. It's just, it's very simple to get caught up in the, in the busy work rather than intentionally saying, this is how my day is going to go to get me ahead. Maybe at the end, you check the emails, whatever, it, you know, whatever it is, you just kind of make it work for you. So, uh, yeah. no, I think, I think that's great. Or, or, or finding the time to, to be creative so you can differentiate your business based on what makes you you, what makes you unique, what's authentic about you that you want to put forward. Instead, we compare ourselves to other people, right? Oh, so-and-so has such a course, I need to do the same. Instead of trying to create something, set up yourself as a category designer in your category and eliminate the competition, we end up constantly comparing ourselves in that, that fear of missing out, right? And so turning that into the joy of missing out and spending more time thinking of how to be different versus how to compete on, on some kind of features is going to be also beneficial to your business. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. F finding the way to stand out is, is absolutely <laughs> a, a much better way to than trying to just fit in with what everybody else is doing. Cause then you'll get lost in that shuffle. So uh, I, I love that. I love that a lot. Um, I really could talk about this for forever. I don't want to keep you all night. Um, let's shift gears and go to the part of the podcast where I get to ask you a few questions. Uh, I'm sure you'll have some more very insightful answers, but uh, let's let's make sure we get that in um, so I don't keep you keep you talking forever. But um, first question is related to the name of the show, the, pod, the name of the podcast being Know Your Why. So, Melina, what what is your why? What what drives you towards this level of success? Well, this is how I started actually. Um, this how and hustle was born was with my why, right? Um, it was actually, um, I went out for a hike in, in, in the woods and I was thinking, what is my biggest problem? What is my biggest problem? It's this whole notion of hustling. And so 
um, three months later, the, the name on Hustle was born, but it was really, it came down to my why. So my why is to revolutionize how we live, work and play and inspire millions around the world to live more intentional life and still do the, the work that matters to them. Yeah, that's awesome. I think it's so needed. So, I mean, it's so needed to have that, you know, so, so someone to, to get people off the treadmill. I think, I think it'd be fantastic. I, I, I look forward to your book. Um, maybe tell us something about yourself that isn't common knowledge, uh, special skill, a hobby, whatever, something to, to let people know you a little bit better. Um, I used to be a ski racer as a kid, um, married to an Australian, the dog is Mexican. <laughs> a family of world travelers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Um, when people hear this and they would like to reach out, what's, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, it's real simple. Unhustle.com. I have a free ebook they can download to see how seven people and companies have adopted this unhustle mindset and um, are thriving instead of just surviving. And they can get that at unhustle.com forward slash ebook. And everything on social media is at unhustle. So you can tag me and tell me what was your biggest takeaway from, from this show. Uh, tag both of us and tell us what you yeah, loved or didn't like about the show. I'd love to hear it. Yeah, me too. That, that's actually a great idea. Uh, final question, and you've, you've given us so much good advice, but, but what, uh, what advice would you give to people that are, I guess, stuck on that, stuck on that treadmill of work and, and, you know, sort of, they want to make, they want to make a change. What would, what would you tell them? Yeah, take more time to uh, be present throughout the day. You know, it could be just a 60 second. There's a brain coherence. Um, brain, you can establish uh, hard brain coherence in 60 seconds. So whenever you feel overwhelmed, stressed out, anxious, don't know which way to go, just take 60 seconds to do some deep breathing and you'll be able to um, um, get your nervous system a little bit in a little bit calmer and that would help so 60 seconds that's all it takes doesn't take you know hours that uh that could be huge in a lot of situations so that's that's awesome advice well listen thank you so much uh i've really really enjoyed this conversation i think people get a lot a lot of value about this uh this and uh i imagine you'll be getting a lot of uh people checking out your your website and looking forward to your book so thank you so much for coming on thank you so much for having me absolutely all right, well, with that, we will sign out.